0: Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 295. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about tech stocks finally being back to the highs they were in the year 2000. And what does that mean going forward? You're going to learn how tech stocks can get ahead of themselves sometimes and what to look for so that you don't get burnt. I found a really interesting article on CNBC the other day, and it mentioned that tech stocks had finally reached the level they were at back in the year 2000. Now, it's 2017. It took 17 years for some tech stocks to get back to the levels they were back in the bubble days. But there's a lot of tech stocks that aren't around anymore that were also very high in those bubble days. So we're not even talking about the technology stocks that have gone out of business. We're talking about the ones that actually were the leaders and actually survived, specifically a company like Microsoft, who was the darling of the day because... The computer had come out and and Microsoft wanted a computer in every home and on every desk. And of course, then they got into more of the corporate space as well. And they were seeming to dominate every computer everywhere. And it seemed like it would never end. It would go on forever. Microsoft would own the world, own all software, and it would just be a behemoth and be the largest company ever. Well, it was for a period of time, but stocks really got ahead of themselves in that year 2000. Just like today, we have the Fang stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. In 2000, we had what was called the four horsemen of the internet. That was Intel, Microsoft, Dell, and Cisco Systems. Back in the year 2000, what really drove those companies was the Y2K scare. Only people didn't really realize it at the time. We could only see that looking back. At the time, everyone thought it was the new economy. It was computers. It was internet. It was very interesting telephone communications. There were all types of new communications happening and it was really changing the way business was done. It was all about how many eyeballs came on your website, and instead of bricks and having a physical building, it was all about clicks. And so they talked about bricks and clicks, and they didn't really talk about earnings and profits too much, because a lot of these companies weren't very profitable. However, Microsoft, Intel, Dell, and Cisco were very profitable, made a lot of money, and were very popular and profitable in particular leading up to the year 2000 because so many companies were worried about the Y2K problem. The Y2K problem was the year 2000 when the calendar was turning on software from 19 something to 2000 something. There were there was a big fear that the Date would turn back to 1900 instead of turning over to the year 2000 because 1900 had been put or 19 for a 1900 year had been put in as a default, so they thought it would flip back to 1900 instead of flipping over to 2000. So the Y2K problem was a huge scare, and companies spent a lot of money buying new software, new computers doing programming, doing all kinds of things to make sure there was no problem with Y2K. It was required by business, it was required by banks, etc., to make sure that everyone was compliant. So companies spared no expense to buy new computers, new software, et cetera, consulting work, all of this to make sure that their company would not be adversely affected by Y2K. So there was a lot of fear about it. There was a lot of money spent to make sure everything went smoothly. Shortly after the new millennium in 2000, when the clocks turned over and the calendar turned over, everything went fine. I don't remember any glitch happening. But I also know that it was about one quarter after that in March when earnings came out and they were dismal because those same companies that had been getting boatloads of money from every corporation getting ready for Y2K was now done with Y2K spending and stopped spending. And so in the year 2000, earnings plummeted, sales plummeted, and the stock market plummeted. So it was really the popping of the bubble. And that happened over the next three years, really, until the stock market bottomed in 2002, from that whole drastic, dramatic, very depressing time. So from the exuberance from 1998, 1999, 2000 became a very, very difficult and bad stock market. So many, many internet businesses, software businesses, etc. went out of business at that time. But Microsoft did survive. However, it did not cross its pre-split price again until about 17 years later. So Microsoft was basically 17 years ahead of itself in terms of its stock price and what it should be selling for. That can happen. And I think we may be in another situation where some companies might be experiencing that again, where they have gotten way ahead of themselves. In other words, there's, there's a mathematical relationship between how profitable your business is and the stock price that it should sell for. And when that relationship gets out of whack, and people start thinking that they want to own the stock, not for how much money it's making, but because it's going to be such a great company in the future, or it's going to be such a different company compared to past companies. There's great new technology. There's some exciting new thing that's coming out. And they can let that stock price get way ahead of what that formula should be, what the earnings say the stock price should sell for, what the price to earnings ratio should be historically or in, in a, a range. And so we get these outliers of just crazy extremes. And I'm just talking about this because like I'm telling you, it can be 17 years ahead of where it should be selling for. And I literally think that we have some companies that are back in that situation again. Remember, earnings growth is ultimately what is going to drive stock prices. It's companies that make a lot of money. Warren Buffett made a ton of money on Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola was basically, you know, I think the first soft drink, maybe if not the first, maybe it was one of the first, but certainly the first biggest soft drink ever invented. And really it was Flavored and colored water. So, think of the margins on flavored, colored, carbonated water. And that created enormous profitability over the years. And that's where Warren Buffett made a lot of his money, was in Coca Cola. So, something like that is a game changer. It was new technology, if you will, in the soft drink world, or a new category called soft drinks in the beverage world, I should say. And so, it was some something new and something extremely profitable and something also that you know people got addicted to because of the caffeine. And so it also had a little addictive element and maybe even a secret ingredient that helped people be addicted to it. That was a new soft drink invention, if you will. So the profitability, I can just talk with you about it and it makes sense to you why it would be more profitable. I can also say why Not needing a physical building of bricks, but having a store online could be immensely more profitable than having to build stores everywhere and hire salespeople everywhere. That just makes sense. But there are some times when things can get ahead of themselves. And I think that maybe in the Fang stocks, we might see where some companies have gotten ahead of themselves. So I want to share this article with you. I want to read this article with you, and then we're going to go through and talk about what the things are that you can look at to see if stocks have gotten ahead of themselves or companies have gotten ahead of themselves. And just, you know, I want to make it just real logical for you to think it through and understand it. I don't think it has to be a real complicated topic. I think it, it is logical, and it is um, something that is, you know, makes sense when you think about it. So this article says, tech sector finally gets back to where it was in the bubble 17 years ago. One measure of technology stocks is now higher than during the dot-com boom. The S&P information technology sector grouping closed above $992 on Wednesday, smashing through the $988 dot-com bubble high from March 27th of 2000, according to FactSet. The constituents of that group have changed considerably since then. Facebook, for instance, wasn't even around in 2000. And the technology sector Spider ETF, a slightly different grouping that includes some telecom companies with the ticker XLK, was only around $57 on Wednesday, well below dot-com boom highs of $65.44. Still, it marks a milestone in the growing dominance of technology companies in the stock market, as companies like Apple... Alphabet, which of course is Google, and Microsoft have grown more valuable than most other public companies around the world. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ also hit fresh all-time highs on Wednesday. Shares of Amazon.com, Microsoft, Facebook, and Adobe traded at highs not seen since their IPOs, and Priceline shares were also at an all-time intraday high. So there you have it, 17 years to reach new highs. And I will also post this uh, article on my website and in the show notes. But I thought this was really interesting to talk about because the, again, I see signs of this happening perhaps again. And how do I see that and why do I say that one easy metric is checking the price to earnings ratio. A PE ratio is the price of a share divided by the earnings per share. And really the PE ratio, you know, is not a very sophisticated indicator, but it's a real simple indicator that can give you a very clear picture. And what the PE ratio does is it breaks down what one price divided by earnings per share uh, is for one share of stock. And you can compare that to the average for the stock market. For the entire stock market, the average P.E. ratio is about 15 to 17 over the very long term. And certain high growth stocks can get ahead of this. A P.E. ratio of maybe 25, you compare to that 15 or 17 for the stock market, and you can see that it's above average. What that is saying is... If a stock's P.E. is 25, it says you'll pay $25 for each $1 of additional earnings from that company. Right now, Amazon has a P.E. of about 178. That means you're paying $178 for each $1 of additional earnings. Does that make any sense to you? That really seems like bubble territory to me. So this is how a metric like P.E. ratio can kind of give you some clarity about what you're really paying. Number two, you want to look at, are sales and earnings rising? Are sales and earnings going up? Are they selling more? Are they earning more? Are they becoming more profitable? Where are the new earnings going to come from? What are the new products that are coming? For example, Apple iPhone has a new version coming out. I hear it's going to cost $1,200. Is that going to generate sales or is it going to stagnate them? Well, if it doesn't have a lot of new bells and whistles on it that people really want, it might not sell very well. Another example is Tesla. Tesla has a less expensive car being made right now that is going to be more affordable. But can it sell enough to continue to justify a high stock price of over $300 and a P.E. ratio of negative $68.86? Tesla doesn't have any earnings per share. It's losing $4.77. So just to be clear, it's not profitable yet, but the market has given Tesla a valuation of $54 billion. $54 billion. Again, that's because people are buying the stock betting on what's going to happen in the future. But it certainly seems like it could have gotten ahead of itself and priced in gains that won't be seen for a very long time until there's earnings and profits with that company. Well, this brings up another point because on many tech companies, on many leading tech companies, there aren't any earnings at all. And that makes this a big game of musical chairs because as long as the music keeps going, the stocks keep going up. But when the music stops, from whatever cause that is, whether it's an internal cause to that company or whether it's an external cause to markets or something like 9-11 or some other thing external that happens, the price may drop substantially because there's nothing to support it except investors bidding it up based on future hope and based on saying, I think someday Tesla cars will be amazing and affordable and a lot of people are going to be driving them, so let's buy the shares today, but oh, by the way, when do we actually see that happen? When do we actually see that profitability fill in and them not lose money, but actually become very profitable? It should also be noted that a company like Tesla has a huge group of investors who are selling the stock short, betting it will go down. Because you borrow stock and sell it and hope to buy it back at a lower price, your losses can be unlimited if the price keeps going up. Therefore, short sellers are forced to buy back the stock to cover their positions and close their losses, which drives the stock price even higher. So it's a convoluted cycle that keeps happening but it actually does continue to drive the stock price higher. And there you have that musical chairs game again. The third thing to look at is what are competitors doing? Are there new competitors in the marketplace? Are there other people coming in to do things? Are there new software companies? Are there new phone hardware companies? Are there new smartphones being developed? What other things are going on that the competition is doing that might change one of the market leaders? For example, back in the year 2000, Nokia was also a darling. It made a handset phone and it was very, very popular. So was the BlackBerry and people could now use these cell phones, and they were extremely popular. But then Apple invented the smartphone and the iPhone, and it changed everything about phones. And so it really revolutionized phones and changed people's buying behavior with phones. Now they had more things added. You could get the internet on your phone. You could do a lot of other things with a camera, etc., you had got all these extras, and now, of course, apps and everything on your phone. So it brought phones to the next level. And is there another company out there that could do that with smartphones? Is there another generation of phone coming out that is beyond what Apple has created? Those are the kinds of things that you also have to think about. I mean, we definitely saw Nokia be a darling for many years and be a huge stock, and same with BlackBerry, only to be decimated by the Apple iPhone and for Apple to go on and become, you know, one of the largest companies out there. So things, leadership can change, technology can change. And every so often they do change. So just because we have the fang stocks doesn't mean they're going to continue to be the leaders into the future any more than the four horsemen were the leaders after the year 2000. The fourth thing to look at is, is there new technology competing with this? Is the market changing? Is the market growing or declining? For example, you have oil companies who have an old technology of a fossil fuel, and then you have things like wind and solar and nuclear and all kinds of other alternative energies that are coming out that could put oil out of business. So is there a new technology coming that's actually changing the marketplace and going to completely outdate something? And number five, the main thing I want to stress is profitability. When companies get way ahead of themselves and sell for outrageous valuations, some realignment is going to come someday. The question is only, when is that going to happen? Not if it will happen, but when it will happen. Leading technology companies can be very exciting to invest in. But when you have just a very few handful of five to seven companies getting the vast market share of dollars coming into the stock market, you have what's called a narrowing market. And that means that just a few companies are really bringing the whole stock market index up. Just a few companies affect the market averages more because the stock market is a market-weighted average. So the larger the companies, the more they're going to impact the indexes. And so these large tech companies, just this handful, can make the whole stock market sound like it's going up when the reality is there's many companies that are not going up and a handful that are. And that narrowing of the leadership and that narrowing of the stock market is a sign the stock market is getting a bit tired. So it's just a sign for caution, just a yellow flag to think about what are some of the valuations that are happening out there. Are they reasonable? Can they continue? Or maybe are they years ahead of themselves? Quite an interesting question to ask ourselves. Hey, have you heard about my Summer Sizzle giveaway? Through the end of September 2017, I'm giving away six awesome prizes. Five of my Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio courses, valued at $197, where you're going to learn how millionaires think the right thoughts for wealth before it happens. And one of my wealth journals, you'll learn the six steps to wealth, and that's valued at $67. All you need to do is leave a review for the podcast on iTunes if you're on an Apple phone or on Stitcher Radio if you're on an Android, and connect with me on social media, On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Linda P. Jones. And on Facebook, I'm at Linda P. Jones fan page. Then send me an email. Just let me know, hey, Linda, I did those things. And I will enter you in my drawing. My email address is lpjhome at gmail.com. At the end of September, I'll have a drawing. And if your name is chosen, you're one of the winners. If you're looking for a way to get to financial freedom faster, get my 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth. There are 11 quick things everyone can do to get your net worth growing faster. That's at my website at lindapjones.com. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart.